Well, we are closely, quickly drawing to a conclusion in this series, uh, Everyday Gospel. And uh, we've been kind of rotating back and forth. Mark and I, Mark's been preaching through this Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And then I've been, on the opposite weeks, preaching through really, which is what is Genesis chapter 3, um, talking about the origin of man and the relationship with God. And as we looked last time I preached, we talked about the God's design, the perfectness of God's design, the, the purpose of God's design. Uh, when God created Adam, He created Adam for fellowship and relationship with Himself. Um, it, it wasn't that God needed Adam, it was God desired Adam. God, God had had the angels that were created from however long it had been that he had created them. If you go back and read um, several passages throughout the Old Testament and some even in the New Testament, and you try to put it all together, you get the impression that there were eons of time, even though time didn't exist in the realm that we talk about now, um, from when God created angels, the fall of the angels, uh, God's casting apart those Satan and those angels separate from God. And you have this, this magnificence of who God is. If you understand Scripture, you understand that God needs none of that. God doesn't need the angels. He doesn't need the earth. He doesn't need the animals. He doesn't need people for Him to be perfectly content in Himself. Amen. God is content with the fellowship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's perfect. He doesn't need it. But by His desire, He chose and designed to create a world that was perfect. Seven days, or six days, seventh day He rested. He created the whole of everything that we see and know. Then He created man. He created man in a perfect state of holiness. Righteous. Something that, that we can kind of sort of want to get our mind around. But the reality is none of us can. I mean, you think about what it would mean to be perfect. But your version of that thought is corrupted by sin. And so you can't know what perfection is in that sense. We can see what it looks like when we look at the character of God. We can see how it walks out as a human when we look at the life of Christ. And for most of us, we look at that and we think, I don't want any of that. I mean, who wants to be homeless, rejected, put out, overwhelmed in all that they do? That's the way the life of Christ looked from a human standpoint. But God created us to be perfect, have fellowship with Him. The Bible says that God would walk daily with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Never was August in Florida. <laughs> in the garden. And it, was, it was great. They would converse with one another. So what happened? That God's design, the perfectness of God's design, what happened? 
thing called sin. Adam chose to disobey God. God said, follow me. Do what I tell you. God, God said, you have everything out there in all of the world. In all of the garden. Enjoy it all. It's yours. Set that one tree over there. Right there in the middle. Stay away from that tree. That tree's not good for you. And what did Adam do? The same thing that Steve would have done. Pretty sure the same thing Tim would have done. I know the same thing Sam would have done. We ran to that tree and went, man, I want that tree. That looks good. And Adam and Eve. Eve deceived by the serpent, Satan. Adam willingly chose to listen to the voice of his wife rather than the voice of God. Amen. Yes, it was. <laughs> what's, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is he put Eve to the place of God. We do the same thing. We put ourselves in the place of God. God says, don't. We say, yes, I want. God says, do. And we say, no, I really don't want to do that. And sin came into the world. And everything we see now is infected by that sin. Just like that tick that bit that young man. His body is now infected with something. And it impacts everything. And that's what happened to this world. And to you and I. And sin was transferred from Adam to every other person. And what we see from that, the result of the vision of what we see is brokenness. You have God's design. Sin enters in. And the world became broken. People became broken. Is there any doubt in your mind that that's true? Just look around you. They say right now that 40% of children in America live in single parent homes. 40%. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, that's not what God's design was. God's design was for a man and a woman to live together committed to one another together forever and to go and bear fruit, have children and to raise them up in the, as the old King James says, the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now, listen, I, you know, it, it, you know for, for y'all that don't know me, I'm not throwing rocks because my life was broken. Amen. My first marriage was broken. I'm not throwing rocks at anybody. I'm just telling you that's a fact. Brokenness. There's an estimated 20 million people, and I promise you that is an underestimation. 20 million people ensnared in some kind of addiction today in America. 20 million. I guarantee you that's underestimation. You think about drugs, alcohol, food, Pornography, shopping, 
Gambling. TV, telephone. Gaming. Yeah, you find we are addicted because we're broken. Amen. And we're attracted to things that are ungodly. In America today, police report over 3,000 violent crimes a day. 3,000 a day. It's not a burglary. It's not, that's not somebody selling dope on the corner. It's not a drunk driving accident. These are violent crimes. 3,000 a day. I think we, we can understand that we're, we're broken. We live in a fallen world. And, and here's, we try to fix it, don't we? Amen. I want to get better. I want to be a better version of this guy. I want to be this way. So I'm going to work at fixing me. Well, we, we got that wrong already, don't we? How can something broken repair itself? It doesn't work that way. The broken can't repair itself. As we're talking about this idea of the everyday gospel, the gospel that you and I should be sharing with the world around us, with our family, with our co-workers, with our neighbors, with people that are strangers. As we have conversations with people, we need to understand that God designed them to be perfect and holy and in fellowship with Him, but they are broken. Just like you and I. And they're broken because of sin. Just like you and I. And that brokenness and that sin has all kinds of little fingers that run out through it in all kinds of ways. And we see it in the behavior of the people that we know and people that we love. And so, how are we to have conversations with people about this? Well, I think the first thing is, is we have to take them back to what God designed. God did not design us to be the way it is. God's plan and purpose is not for us to be the way we are. He doesn't desire for us to live in this brokenness. It's, it's not that, that He just doesn't care. There's, there's a world of folks that you and I know that think God just doesn't care. He care less. He's God. What are we? Or they think of Him as some impersonal, aggravated deity. You know, they, I can't be bothered with them. That's not God's design and desire at all. And we have to help people understand that. As we share with them, they need to know that God desires for fellowship with us. But from the beginning, we followed Adam's pattern. And we desired what we wanted. I told y'all a few weeks ago, it's my personal opinion. I think it's biblical doctrine, but I think it's my personal opinion. I'm going to say it that way. That you can never bring a person to salvation until they know that they're lost. Amen. Person that's not lost doesn't need to be redeemed. Person that doesn't have enough understanding of what it is that God wants for them can never want it. 
Now, that is a work, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that's something. I can't talk you into it. I can't convince you of it. But I can give you the information. The Holy Spirit can take that information and work in your spirit, work in your heart, and draw you to a conclusion that you are broken. There's something better. We need to help them understand that, that this thing of sin, if you talk to most people about sin, and here's what you're going to get from most people in the world around you. You just tell me what you don't want me to do. You, you've got this book defined thing, you say I shouldn't do that. Well, they say it's okay to do it over here, but you say it's not okay to do it over here. And you even come within the church, within the, the religious organization of the church, not the church. But in the religious organization of the world of the, you know, Muslim Jews, Christians, and then within the Christians, every denominational break that there is. Well, the Catholics say you can drink. In fact, their priests drink, but they can't get married. The Baptists say you can't drink, but you can get married several times if you want to. And there's this dividedness. How are we supposed to know what's right? Amen. Just in case you didn't know the answer to that. That's how we know what's right. Amen. And we have to tell people it's not, listen, you need to understand what sin is. Quit looking at what you, because here's typically what we do. Y'all know me. Y'all know we talk, when I talk about sin, anybody's part of this church, what is the thing that I talk about in my life what is the symbol that I use when I talk about sin in my life? There was a tray of them in there a while ago. Donuts. Donuts. <laughs> Food. That's just a symbol. That's just a, a little little word that I use, a little play on word because y'all know I like eating. <laughs> but, but what really is it? is it? Is it the fact that I like to eat too much? What's wrong with eating? God made me to eat as well. What's sin? That we have, to, we have to get past the the definer of you shouldn't ought to do drugs, you shouldn't ought to drink, you shouldn't ought to you shouldn't ought to eat, you shouldn't ought to run around, you shouldn't ought to lie, steal, you know, put in that, take all that out. You need to understand what sin is. It's departing from God's design and doing it your own way. That's what sin is. It's simple. It's doing anything different from the way God said it. <coughs> Which includes not doing what God said do. Because you're doing it differently than the way God said it. Sin is very simple to understand. What did God say? What are you doing? Now, and why that makes that easy is that now you and I can look at our lives. Those of us that are redeemed in the room, have washed in the blood of Christ. You want to know if you got a problem with sin? What does the Word say about something specifically that you're doing? Because see, it'll cut past the, the don't drink this cup of coffee. It's what are you trying to drink the coffee for? Why, why are you doing this? What's the motive? 
See, Jesus, when Jesus came and he talked to the, the religious world around him, they said, well, the scripture says we have to tithe of all this stuff. And the scripture says that we're not to steal, and we're not to kill, and we're not to, to, to lie. And Jesus said, oh yeah, that's, that's really good. That's awesome. What's the motive behind what you're doing? They said, the Bible says we're not supposed to commit adultery. He said, okay, what's the motive? In your heart, are you wishing that you could? Because if you're wishing you could, you're doing the same thing as the one that is. See, it's what's in the heart. So Jesus cuts it even past just the action. He took it to where it really was. What's my desire in my heart? See, I've got to tell you all, there's a lot of days the desire of my heart is to do what I want, not what God wants. I might do the right thing, and I think it's always better to do the right thing even when you don't want to. But you need to be praying about how you can change that want to. See, I'm going to give you a good example. I'm just going to confess for Sam and I today. Okay? This is my confession for me and Sam. We're here today. But we had a conversation in the office. The both of us would have really liked to be somewhere else today. Sitting on the nice lake, quiet, fishing, drinking a cup of coffee in the cool morning. No, I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you. You wouldn't have had to twist my arm hard to make me want to do that. But what does God's word say? Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. Come together on the first day of the week to remember the resurrection of the Savior. See, God said, I ought to be here. And I'm here, and Sam's here. God said, I ought to try to work on my want. Because my want to, if I really... Listen, I, I, I joke about that. We, we didn't want to enough that we sinned, I don't believe. But it could have very easily went there. Has there never been a time you've been sitting in church the whole time thinking, I wish that guy would shut up so we could go? I'm ready to go. <laughs> Come on, I have. I have. I was going to say more times than not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have. I have sat in a church service saying, I wish this guy would hurry up. I'm ready to be gone. You might as well be gone. And don't tell me that isn't sin. I wish you would have said that before you talked about us. <laughs> we need to point people to what God's design is. We need to point people to what sin is. They can't understand the problem if they don't understand how God designed us and what's causing the issue. But they also need to understand something else. The cost of that behavior. Back in Genesis chapter 3 where we went a couple weeks ago um, we talked about all that happened and all that went on in Adam and Eve's life. In chapter 3 you have the the, the, um, the first evidence of sin when, when uh, the serpent deceived Eve and and Adam chose to follow Eve instead of God. And, and listen to what it says in verse 8 of chapter 3. And again, I'm reading from the ERB this morning. It says, During the cool part of the day, the Lord God was walking in the garden. And the man and the woman heard him, and they hid among the trees in the garden. 
And the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? The man said, I heard you walking in the garden and I was afraid. I was naked. So I hid. There, there, there was a, a change in Adam's behavior towards God, wasn't there? There was guilt. I didn't want to be afraid in front of God. I didn't want God to see me. What do you say? I was naked. You go on in the conversation. God said, how did you know you were naked? You've been naked this whole time. It didn't bother you before. Why did it bother you now? Because sin entered. caused him to see himself for what he was. And he began to, to feel shame. Began to feel fear. What if God sees me? What God's going to know I've sinned? What's, going to have, what's God going to do to me? Now listen, what do we know of the character of God? We, we were talking this morning, Isaiah. We, we read through Isaiah 1 through 6 this week. We saw Israel sinned against God. They were God's people. And God was going to bring discipline on them. That was the promise that we see in there. But it didn't say God was going to wipe them out and never have them again. That they wouldn't be his people anymore. He said he was going to discipline them. That discipline was going to be harsh and hard, but he didn't cut them off from being his people. He disciplined so they would turn back. That's the whole message that we get out of that. And the same, same thing with us. We need to understand that, that the fear that God's going to cut me off. Hey, have you never, ever been to a place in your life where you thought, God's just done with me? I mean, God, never gonna, I'm never going to ever get back to a fellowship with God that I want. God's just, that's enough. That's the last time, Steve, you're never going there again. I'm done with you. That's a lie. That's not the character and nature of God. Character and nature of God is what we sang about this morning. Come. I'm faithful and just to forgive your sin. Come. Let's reason together and talk about it. Come. No matter how, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, come. Now, might be some discipline. There might be some heartache. But I'll restore this relationship and I'll make it right with you. And we all want that. We just don't want the but but the fear and the lie, all that is a result of sin. That's the baggage that sin carries with it. Then we try to hide from God. We try to run from God. We don't, we don't want Him to see it. We're just going to hide behind the bushes. Because God can't see you. You can't see me, God. You play that with your kids. When they're little. You can't see me. What do you mean I can't see you? You're just stupid what you are. <laughs> Try to cover up like God can't see us. You ever been somewhere that you know is displeasing to God? Like He doesn't know it? Like, well, wonder where Steve went. He's not over here. You know, I don't care. The Bible says we take the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. That'll change some of where you go, won't it? That'll change some of what you do. 
I'm taking the Holy Spirit with me everywhere I go and everything I do. I might want to rethink this a little bit. We're broken. This brokenness disrupts everything. Doesn't it? It disrupts our spiritual life. Listen, here's, I, want you to, I want you to hear me for a minute. I, I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk. I know where a lot of you are. A lot of my folks that I know. I don't know if you're born again. I don't know if you're still separate from God and never been born again. I don't know if you're born again and separate from God in your walk. That's what I want to talk about for a minute. I'm going to use I'm going to use Preston, my buddy back here, as a as an example for just a second. Okay, all right, you Preston, all right. Preston, you ever done anything that made Mama upset? You ever done anything wrong you shouldn't have done? It's okay, bud. Me too. Mom, has he ever upset you? Done anything he shouldn't do? Once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say enough? Uh, that's it. I'm done with Preston. He's no longer my son. Even if you wanted to, even if you said in your heart, I'm just done with him. I'm not going to have anything else to do with him. Would he still be your son? <coughs> Why? He's my son. I'm his mom. Why? That's what I'm talking about. Because she born me. Birthed by a parent. Scripture says we've been born again anew by the Spirit of God. That's the terminology Jesus uses. That's the terminology the Bible uses. That we were dead in our trespasses and sin in our humanity. And we were born again. A new spirit was born in us by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He is our parent. Even if God could choose to, He won't. But even if He could choose to say, I don't want anything else to do with you ever again. Just get away from me. He would still have to claim you as His child because... You were born by Him. I want you to understand what I'm trying to tell you. If you've been born again, that never goes away. You were birthed by a parent. And that birth connection cannot change. Whether you like it or He likes it. There's days that you don't like it, and I'm sure there are days that God is not pleased with it. But you are still His child. Your spiritual life might be disrupted, but it's not done away with if you've been born again by the Spirit of God. If you've been saved, as we talk about it in the church world, mm -hmm. saved from God's wrath, if you've been born again, you are born again forever. But your fellowship with daddy can be surely cut off. That's what was happening to Israel in Isaiah. Their fellowship had been cut off. You're still my children, but your behavior has caused us 
to no longer have fellowship. Sin in the life of a believer causes a breaking fellowship. Listen, it disrupts family life. Anybody got family you've had problems with? I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you 100% I know the reason. Sin. Sin. Plain and simple. Sin on their part, sin on your part, sin on somebody's part. Sin. Sin's what disrupts it. It, listen, you go back, go back to Adam and Eve. What happened? Sin disrupted their life. Sin. Are you married? Have you been married? I promise you, you two guys that are getting married, you know what's going to disrupt your family life? Sin. Nothing else will disrupt it. But sin will. Every time. That comes in all kinds of ways. But it's just plain and simple. It disrupts your work life. It disrupts your physical life. Anybody got a physical ailment in here because of something that you shouldn't have done? Maybe like eating all that stuff you shouldn't have eaten? The sugars? The carbohydrates? All that stuff they tell us we shouldn't ought to do? Anybody smoke or drink? Do things, take in things into your system you shouldn't take into your system? Guess what? It causes problems in your physical life. Anybody have stress in your life? Guess what stress is? Stress comes from sin. It's a byproduct of sin. Listen, you can take it all back. You need to understand what brokenness does. But let me tell you the good thing of brokenness. There's something good about brokenness. I told you earlier, a person can't really come to salvation until they know they're lost. What brokenness does is it reveals just how bad off you are. What brokenness will do is it will point out the problem. Typically, people that I... In my, in my life, people that I have led to salvation in Christ, almost every time, except when they're children. Children that I, and I'm always careful about that because sometimes children don't really understand. They, they, they want to understand and they want to trust God and believe, but they don't really understand all that's going on. Not that we, any of us, really understand what's going on spiritually. But when I talk to an adult or a teenager, typically, the people that I lead to, to faith in Christ, it comes from this. Their life is broken and they're feeling the pain and they know it. Now, it may not be something they did. Sometimes it's something somebody did to them. Sometimes it's death. But is death not the great... I mean, death is the great result of sin. Physical death, spiritual death. That God said... Death is going to come to you if you disobey me. Sometimes I, I talk to people and they're going through through real turmoil in their life. Death of a relationship, death of a spouse, death of a, a child, death of a parent. Death, man, it, 
Listen, what brought them to that point? That there's so much grief and hurt and pain and brokenness that they see that and know that. And they say, something's got to change. Something's got to be different. God takes that brokenness and begins to turn in their life. And the question is, will you respond? Will you respond to brokenness? See, God, God made us to have fellowship with Him in perfect harmony. And sin came in and destroyed every bit of that. And it led to brokenness in our lives. God's desire is to bring us back to that perfect relationship with Him. And the way He brings us to that is by letting the brokenness hurt in such a way that it causes us to want to change. And I'm going to give you the hook for this, my next message. There's only one way for that to happen. Jesus Christ. Okay. And your faith in that event. That's the only thing that's going to change it. But that's another message. Let me ask you something today. Where are you? Spiritually, where are you? Have you been born again? Have you come to a place in your life where you recognize the brokenness in your life, you recognize that the only hope to change that was what Jesus did at Calvary over 2,000 years ago. The event of Calvary, of Jesus offering Himself up, the Son of God offering Himself up as a sacrifice in your place and in my place. Have you believed in that? Not just made an ascension in your, in your mind, yes, that's an event that happened. But I put my faith and hope in that. I place my life in that. Because of that, I did what God said. I confessed my sin. And I asked Him to make me new, make me His child. And I had a relationship with Him. Are you there? Have you been there? If you've never been there, that's a conversation you need to have. You need to talk about it. So that you can get to that place of redemption. Being born again. Anyone outside of that stands under God's judgment. Scripture teaches that if we die under that judgment, that we're eternally cut off from God. Mm -hmm. I don't want that for anybody in this room. I wouldn't want that for my worst enemy. I don't want anybody to be cut off forever from the presence of God. I suspect in 2021 in most churches a good portion of the people that are sitting in a church service today have been born again. 
but many of them have broken relationships with God. Because they've let sin into their life. And it's impacted their fellowship with God. Here's what I want you to know. If you recognize today that that's where you are, you need to recognize that God's speaking to your life. He's helping you to see that your brokenness is pointing you back to fellowship. It's just a simple matter of saying, God, I confess. Confess means I agree. I agree with you, God, that's sin. I agree with you, that thing I'm doing or that thing that I did was against your word. That, that, that desire that I have is disobedient to your word. It's different from what you say do. And I'm doing it my way, not your way. And I confess I agree with that. I'm sorry. I repent. Repentance is a turn or direction. Repentance is not just saying, hey, I'm sorry, God. You ever, you ever got caught doing something? Man, I'm sorry. What you're really saying is, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is not just being sorrowful, but it is a willful decision to change your direction. I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I willfully choose I'm going to go in a different I will meet you. I'm going to follow you, not follow me. I confess. I agree. I repent. I'm going to turn and go in the right direction. That's what God wants. God wants us to confess and to repent. That's something you do in your heart and in your mind. It might involve conversation with other people. But it's about your fellowship with Him if you're born again. If you're not born again, it's about creating a fellowship with Him. Those are the two options that you and I have in the room today. You're either in this room and you have a relationship with your Father because you were born by Him. Or you don't. If you don't, you need to see me. We need to have a conversation so you can find out what you need to do to be born again by the Father. If you've been born again by the Father, you're either in fellowship or out of fellowship. To get back in fellowship, it's very simple. God, I confess, I agree, I admit. I'm wrong. What I'm doing is against what you said do. And I willfully choose to turn my life back in the direction of what you say do and not do my way. I confess and I repent. Where are you today? What do you need to do today? I can't answer that for you. I can only answer it for me. I encourage you. The Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now. You know it. You be obedient to do what God said. Ben, I'm going to ask you to play something. Play that last song we just sang. If you've got, that's it's got words with it, doesn't it? Voices. Do it again.
Just play it low. Uh, we don't often have an invitation here, but I just feel like today I need to give you time to spend time with God. I would ask you to, to bow your head and close your eyes. And if, if you need to talk to me about something, let me know. I'll come to you or you can come to me. We'll just sit down and talk. We'll pray. What is it that you need to do? That you can be in the right fellowship with God. Do you need to be born again? Do you need to have your fellowship restored? You be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now. Father, I pray in this moment that you would speak to hearts by the great power by the authority of heaven and earth would you draw us to where we need to be Lord if there is someone sitting in this room that does not know you that has never committed themselves to you that's never been born again by your spirit even if they think they have God, we speak so clearly to them. They would know. Lord, would you draw them? For those of us that are your children, Father, there's something in between our fellowship. Some sin that needs to be confessed. Some repentance that needs to be made. Would you give us the courage Confess and repent and restore our relationship. Father, I pray this in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. I've seen you move in ways that I cannot imagine. 
God, I'm asking you one more time to move in power and might and authority in the lives of these folks. Speak it in their heart. Show them what it is that you need for them to do today. God, help me. If there's any way at all that I can minister and speak into their life, Father, give me that opportunity. You give them courage to follow you. I pray these things. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. We don't often have an invitation around here, but I just felt like we needed to spend a minute with God today. Thank you for being here today. Yes, thank you for being here with us. I assume.